This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Right, Jordan! Smith courts one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. I pop off. The Clover's there. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Swing and a miss. The Cardinals are world champions for 2006. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday morning edition of Two Birds on a Bat, your St. Louis Cardinals fan podcast, as brought to you each and every week by our good friends at TheInnovatedCompanies.com. Whether it's construction, heating and cooling, or electric, they've got all three teams underneath that one umbrella at InnovatedCompanies.com. Our good friends Randy and Stephanie Green, tremendous people, tremendous business. Uh, Get them involved in your process early. They've got 35 years' experience. Randy's a second-generation craftsman. He's fully licensed, bonded, and insured, and has earned the opportunity for your business. Get him involved early in the process. He's a man of his word. He can save you time, energy, and a lot of money if you get him involved early in the process. Again, that's our friend, Randy Green with InnovatedCompanies.com. I want to take a moment now to welcome in my good friend and yours on the M4Biotic.com hotline, the one, the only, Benji Molina. What's going on, pal? What's going on, guys? Hey, I got a funny story for the fans. Uh Uh-oh. Let's let's have it. Let's have it. Hey, yes. Yesterday, the people from the Giants uh, called me to do an interview just to talk about spring training, right, and what I see from from the Giants and my, my good friends over there. And, dude, guess what? At 4 a.m., 4 a.m. last night, I started the hiccups, dude. 4 a.m. They didn't let me go back to sleep, so I woke up. The uh, interview was at 7. I did the interview with the hiccups, man. You had the hiccups oh, for hours? Wait, 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 wait. That's not all. I did the interview, and then guess when the hiccups went away? In the night at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. So I had them all day, dude. You're serious. But I've never the, heard of that. Hiccups all day? Yeah, yeah. So my wife, Jamie, she she looked, you know, Google up about hiccups and stuff. She was getting nervous, you know? Sure. Uh, she didn't what it was and a guy lasted 60 years with the hiccups dude 60 years yeah 60 years not hours years with the hiccups and but but he was different he had a something um something blood vessel in in the brain that made it happen i mean this is different this is my probably my stomach or whatever you know but he had something different, but he had to live like that for 60 years with the hiccups, dude. Can you imagine that? Wow. And I, I went crazy, crazy talking to the kids in, in Camp of the Angels because I was with my brother, Jose, trying to help them out, you know. 
And uh, I was there and uh, trying to talk to the kids and talk and doing an interview with the hiccup. I kept saying, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. And then I had a, a trigger thumb. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Trigger thumb. So they had to inject me with cortisone, too. So. I saw that. That didn't look fun. No, man. Holy crap. You're falling apart. You're falling apart for Pete's sakes. Oh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great. You're hap- I am. happy I to be alive, aren't you? Done. Heck yeah, man. I'm doing great. I have <laughs> nothing to complain about. I, it just hurts, man. Like, great. I don't know if anybody out there. I know a lot of fans have written to me and said that they had it done, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and they, it's very painful. And it is painful when they inject that thing in there. I almost punch a, the doctor. I say, hey, doc, you better go far, man. I might swing a punch at you. Oh, but anyways, boy. I thought I thought that was funny, man. All day with the hiccups yesterday. Great, huh? Oh my goodness. Well, I want to tell you, um, I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. Th- I don't want an injection in my thumb, and I definitely don't want the hiccups all day and night. But I'm glad you're better now, and I'm glad we can talk about some St. Louis Cardinals baseball. I'm, uh, yes, sir. I'm excited to look at a few players today, but the main guy I do want to talk about today because I want to get your thoughts on this, and we know it's not like a. It's not an end-of-the-world thing, but the reality of it is I think we all know, especially if you like social media, there is a love-hate thing going on with Matt Carpenter. And I think you and I and Steve-O, we talk about it off the air and and stuff because it's very noticeable. Um, You know, there are certain players that wear the two birds on a bat that seem to be um, a little more polarizing when it comes to social media and people's love-hate relationship with them. I th- I'd say the two main ones for me are definitely Carpenter and Matheny. There's no doubt about it. I think those two garner the most attention when it comes to social media and that uh, love-hate relationship. Um, you know, for But I, there's some people listening going, no, Jim, you're wrong. There is no love whatsoever. I hate them, and I don't want them to wear the two birds on a bat, and, which is fine. Everybody's <laughs> entitled to their opinion. Uh, that's what I love about the social media thing. So I want to talk about that today. I want to look at a few guys, that um, what they're doing in spring training to this point, as, uh, you know, because as we discussed, you're going to start seeing more at-bats from the quote-unquote starters, going to start seeing more from the guys that are on the fringe. Um, as we've gotten, you know, some of the guys are out of camp now that you can pretty much guarantee, you know, we won't see at the beginning of the season anyway. Um, before we do that, though, I want to remind everybody to check us out at twobirdsonabat.com. It's where you can do multiple things. Number one, the most important thing you can do there is you can subscribe to the show. It's absolutely free. With the season starting, you'll find that you'll get a notification on your mobile device each and every time the show's been released. That way you can listen to it at your leisure and at your own, uh, you know, at your own you know, capacity, whether that be on your mobile device, at home on your computer, you know, you, that's the great thing about podcasting. You can listen to it whenever you want, however you want. Um, but you can do that. You can listen to the show there, which some of you guys probably go to the website and listen to the show there, and that's completely fine. The one thing you can do for us on the website, you can do your shopping through Amazon. You simply click that Amazon banner on your website. It'll be down to the right. If you're on your mobile device, you'll scroll all the way down at twobirdsonabat.com. Click that. Do your shopping. Once you click it, you're done with us. doesn't cost you anything. We get a very small referral. helps us cover some production costs. We appreciate all the fans that are doing that for us. It means a lot to us. Um, I want to encourage everybody to check us out at social media, on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Birds on a Bat Show. The promise we make to you is if you're a Cardinal fan, if you like baseball at all, and you follow us on Twitter, we're going to follow you back. We want to know what you're thinking. 
Uh, our big ask, though, is to find us on Facebook. Simply type in Two Birds on a Bat. Uh, click on our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page. Click Invite Your Friends, which is down to the right. Go through your friends list and anybody that's a Cardinal fan. If you would invite them to like our page, we'd greatly appreciate it as we're trying to get more and more Cardinal fans involved in the discussions. We also have the new Facebook group, Birds on a Bat. If you find that on Facebook, you just simply uh, click the invite thing there. And uh, once we see who you are and that you're a Cardinal fan, we'll accept you into our group. Happy to have you. Uh, find us on Instagram as well, Two Birds on a Bat. And, of course, you can find us through lineupmedia.fm. We're happy to be a part of their network. Releasing the newest radio station, Yo Radio, and going to be part of their baseball channel. Happy to be a part of everything they have going on at lineupmedia.fm. Special thanks to Andrew uh, Allen and Brian Crock, our wonderful producers, and everything they do behind the scenes means a lot to us. I do want to give a shout-out to our friend Nate McHenry and his wonderful Facebook page, RileySquirrel.com. Everyone knows we're part of the Riley Squirrel Report. We're very proud and, and honored uh, that Nate had asked us to do that with him. Um, you can be a member of the Riley Squirrel Club. Uh, typically, it's cheaper than the price of a cup of coffee. But right now, for one month, they're offering it free, uh, You know, which is much cheaper than a cup of coffee is free. So uh, that's what they have to do. So if you want to check it out, you simply type in RileySquirrel.com into your Google search bar. You'll learn more about the Riley Squirrel Club and how you too can become a member. Tremendous prizes. I believe we just gave away a, a gamer a bat of, uh, was it Dexter Fowler? Do you remember, Benji? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tremendous prizes that they give away through the Riley Squirrel Club. T-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs. Sometimes autograph memorabilia, like I said, uh, tickets, things like that. Uh, and again, we try to come up with some different type of content for those listeners as well, besides the normal podcast that we do here. So make sure you check out RileySquirrel.com. We're very proud to be a part of that with our good friend Nate McHenry. Okay, let's get into some Cardinal talk here. Um, Benji, I, you and I have talked off air about Matt Carpenter. Um, you know, for me, I look at the guy, and offensively, I sit there and I go, okay, now I think we would all agree that from an average perspective, he had a down year last year, but his on-base percentage was still great. Um, you know, he hit he some homers. You know, I, I, you know, defensively, um, I think we all know what he is defensively. He had a couple base running miscues last year that were big ones, um, and again – Things just didn't go well for the Cardinals last year, so I think that kind of put a little gasoline on that fire. That being said, I, you know I've told people you cannot like the guy, but he's going to play. So get just get get used to it. It's like you know, <laughs> there's nothing you're. He is not going anywhere. That's a fact. He's not going anywhere, and he is going to play. The question is, where does he play? Um, is my assessment of him right? Do you think that's the love-hate thing with him with fans is that, you know, you look at him and you're like, okay, he's not great defensively, he doesn't run the bases well, and I, I, I just think people think other guys could do a better job maybe? I don't know. I don't, I don't think we have a guy that could do a better job than Carpenter does, hitting-wise, right, getting on base and, and producing for, for the Cardinals. I don't think there's anybody there that plays the same position other than the one we have, uh, Dijon, who's going to play short. He doesn't compete with him. Uh, the first base, Jose Martinez, we need him as a as a bat. So the only two positions that we're really going to have to talk about is second base. The, is he better than Jerko and Wong? Yes. Uh, then you move up to third base. Um, is he better than the ones we have there, uh, Jerko? 
and Garcia, Greg Garcia in this in this time. Um, yeah. So he he will play, Jimbo. You're right. He will play. But where is where we need to talk about? And this is where I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to I'm going to give you my idea, my my thought. Right? Well, I was going to ask think, you what you do. So this is a great. So go ahead. Yeah. Yes. And um, you know they have a kid by Munoz who's killing the spring training, and it's 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 getting noticed by everybody, right? Why not take advantage? If this kid can play short, Munoz, why can't he play third? Remember last year when, when Jerkos cut fire in spring training? Oh, they right away put him at third base, right? They right away ha- uh, gave him the, the spot at third, Carpenter at first. Uh, that's how we started. So why, why if you have a guy that's killing it and he's doing great hitting-wise and, and, and playing everywhere, which Munoz can play anywhere, take advantage of that. If you're the Cardinals right now, and you're looking for a spot for Carpenter, it's probably going to be second base because it's a shorter throw to first. He's had trouble with the back. He has trouble with the uh, with the shoulder. And, and and for me, Jimbo, right now, for me, if you look at the whole roster, and I'm looking at the whole kids that played, and I'm looking at this kid playing third, Mejias. Mejias is struggling with, with you know spring training right now. Greg Garcia, he's struggling. I know we counted on him for a utility guy, but he's struggling. I mean, that's that's just what it is. And then you have a guy in Munoz who's given you everything he got, almost 400 average. And all of a sudden, you have a spot for him. He plays short, he can play third, easy. So the, the uh, Cardinals have a really interesting uh, decision to make. And if you ask me, if I'm the GM of the Cardinals right now, I, I would just go to, to Munoz and say, hey, listen, get your reps at third or get your reps at second, and then we go from there because you're going to be one of my guys there, at least if it's fair, right? If it's fair for him, if it's fair that he's doing great and he needs to play. But if they're already counting on Jerko, even if he's not doing well in spring, then we cannot do anything about it. But – I would I would really really highly consider this kid, man. This kid's for real. He can play all those positions I told you, and he's raking, man. Why not take advantage of that right away? I mean, if if he starts struggling early on, you know, he didn't lose anything because you know he's young and you can still wait. Then you can move up to the other guys. But if he's hot, try to ride the wave. That's what I think. Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, um, you know, when you said his name, he's an intriguing guy, and the reality of it is. You know, I, I was expecting to pull up his his numbers from the minor leagues, and I'm not talking about his his stats. I'm talking about the positions that he's played. He's he's played a ton of different positions, but he's played a lot of shortstop. And let me tell you something about baseball, folks. If you if you don't if you can play shortstop, okay. If you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> I mean, if it takes a ton. A ton of athletic ability to be a shortstop. Now, is it an easy transition always? No. But I'm telling you, if you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere, except maybe pitcher and catcher, which I promise you at one time in this kid's life, he was the best player on his team and probably played every position. So that's really not that's not where I'm going with this. But the truth of the matter is if you can play short as many games as this guy has played short in his, his professional career, uh, you can play anywhere. 
I mean, and it and it and it just goes to show. Yeah, and he's played center field. <laughs> he hasn't just played left field, folks, or right field. This guy has played center field as well. So um, he's an athlete, man. Yeah, and um, I, I don't know. This is interesting to me what what they do with him because again, he's young. He you're, to your point, he has shown us a lot. And is he in the mix? I don't know. Because, you know, what's funny is for you to talk about it that way, I look at it and I say to myself, okay, I have these conversations with people on social media and what I try to remind them all the time, this isn't a, this isn't a um, Carpenter or Jose Martinez argument. I don't believe. I don't believe it is. Because the bottom line is this. Carpenter's going to play. And I think the best Cardinal team has Jose Martinez playing. Exactly. Well, he ain't playing outfield. I can promise you that. Well, so where is he going to play? First base. So So, now he gives you two positions. So Carp's going to play. Now the real question becomes, for Cardinal fans out there, what team do you like better? And what it comes down to is, you, if you want to put Munoz, I don't think he's in the. I'm being. I'm trying. While I would agree with you, I just think the way things work, I don't think Munoz is going to be a starter, no matter what happens. You know, also Jimbo depends on. Uh, it depends on if he in the roster or not because he's going to take a roster spot. They might think twice about doing that, right? Yeah, like, like I they think don't, they don't yeah. want to lose a guy or or they don't the, want to send a guy down to use their options, or or they might have to move Jerkov. Well, something I mean, something's going to give here, one way or the other. Somebody's going to go yeah. down that probably doesn't deserve to go down. I have a feeling Greg Garcia is going to be on the team no matter what. People don't want to admit it. I don't. I don't know, but the he bottom line is, I think his 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 pinch hitting abilities and his ability to get on base in a pinch hitting role, his left handed bat off the bench, the fact that he can play multiple positions. Again, I'm not saying Munoz can't, but where they're at in the process, I I just it just sounds baseball businessy to me to say Garcia is going to be on the team. Now, it would it it would would it shock me? If Garcia was gone and they kept, I, I guess it would shock me. I would be surprisingly happy. No, but I don't expect it. No, I think I think you're right. I think he has to be in the team because of his ability to do all those things and play all the positions in the infield. But we have other we have other openings. I mean, Jerko is he's done well, but every time we've seen it, he fades away. You know, he fades away. He plays great third. He, I mean, he gives you great short when he's needed. Um, I like Jerko myself. The only thing I don't like about him is he cannot keep the whole year consistent, and I don't like that on any player because if you're in the big league, you should be able to play. Like Carpenter, for example, he's a consistent guy. Last year, he was off the first half, and then he fixed it up like Fowler did, kind of. So, I mean, for those guys, you know they're going to do it. But Jerko, it gives you the edge of, Man, is he gonna be the same Jerko, or are we gonna see the the real one when he, when games come in, or are we gonna see the same one that's struggling right now in spring training? So they have a big decision. If you ask me, a GM right now, and I have this kid fired up, three seventy eight batting average, Jimbo. We're not talking, and he played because he's a young guy. You know he played. He had a lot of at bats in spring training. Oh yeah, you know it because he plays a lot. Sure. And he has 378 batting average. I ride away, man. I'm telling you, I look I look for a spot to to get him in. 
Um, the only thing that could hurt him it's that nobody have options and you have to open up a spot or something like that. Then, then you, unless you want to, unless you want to get one of the young guys off the roster because he's hurt or something, then that, that might work. But I, I would right away. As Arasorena, he's doing a great job in spring. Bader's doing a great job. They have big decisions, man. I mean, these kids can play and Munoz is one of them. I would give, I would give Munoz a shot at third. And I will put Carp at second because Wong is struggling, um, Jericho struggling, and Garcia. All three of them are struggling, and Mejias. So all those guys are struggling, Jimbo. I would give this kid a chance at least to start. And if he doesn't do it, then you, you find your solution, you know. But I would do that. Hard to man. I, you're right. Tough decisions here. There's some. There's going to be at least two guys, if not three guys, that are going to go down. That they're going to sit in their locker and go, "What more do I have to do?" But it really does come down to business. It comes down to to, to roster decisions and things like that. I mean, you brought up a couple of them. I'm not so sure where I go with this or what side of the fence I'm going to fall on here. But in the end, I guess for me, um. Man, I just look at this thing and I think, what do we realistically expect here from everybody? The, the the fan sentiment is, let's have Jerko be that super utility guy. Um, But I guess the reality of it is we've all watched Carpenter play third base. Okay? He's not going to win any gold gloves over there with his glove, and the throwing is painful to watch. It really is. Now, I'm going to say this. Is it easier to play second base than third base? I don't know. I, I, think, the, I think third base is easier. I, third base is the easiest position to play, mainly because of the pivot at second but, base. But he has trouble with the shoulder, the longer throw. So you just have to think about, do I lose range at second base or do I lose a throw at third? Because, you know, obviously he's having trouble with the shoulder. So that's why that's what I mean. Like, you have options when these kids, Munoz is hitting the way he is. He plays short. He can play second, I'm sure. And then Carpat third. That could be an option. Uh, and then Carpat second, you lose a little little range, but Munoz at third will be great. So I I don't know. I I, I don't see I don't see them. Uh, I don't know, man. They have that option there. They should they should explore it, man. I I really do believe that. But Carpenter's gonna play no matter what. He's a, he's the he's the man there offensively. He's going to be there. It looks like he's going to start hot. I mean, you, Carpenter's not going anywhere. He's going to play. It's just where. The the interesting figure in this whole thing that that in your in your assessment, my assessment, whatever, the interesting guy in this whole thing is Colton Wong. Colton Wong has a fan base out there that feels like he's been uh, misused. Feel like he's been not given the benefit of the doubt. There's a faction of people that love Colton Wong. They love what he brings. I'm of the belief they love who they want Colton Wong to be, no different than I. Okay, I think I fall into that group. What I see is a very athletic guy that can run, that gives a lot of energy, gives a lot of effort. We've seen him play second base defensively so well. We have, but but what else have we seen? Okay, if we're being honest. I love Colton Wong, man, to tell you the truth. I love the guy. I mean, I love who he could be, who he could be, because – Nobody here or, or in St. Louis has, has to say that he wasn't given the chance. He's been given the chance, Jimbo. 
It's not, oh, they misplay him. No, no, there's not, nothing nothing like that. Misplay him how? Giving him the shot? That's probably what how he misplayed him because he's been given a shot. The thing is that he's been getting hurt. Uh, he loses play time because of that. So at times he loses play time because he can't hit lefties very good. Uh, at times, you know, he gets with the back and, and, and then the elbow. Remember, the elbow took a long time. So that's, that got nothing to do with the Cardinals giving him the chance. That got more with him not being healthy to play, and that got more with him not being able to hit lefties and, and struggle at times. Um I love Wong. I mean, if he could hit what he did, you know, like 300, get on base, steal bases, how he did and play the defense he can. I mean, I would love to have him there. I don't have any problems with Wong. I mean, I love the kid. But when you have when you have your lineup and you have these kids, you know, doing great with everything, uh, and he's, you know, and he's struggling, you're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to do it. It's, it's just you, you don't want to give the guy a shot if he – is struggling, right? I mean, you won your team. This is not, remember, the fans out there, this is not the instructional league. This is not a, a spring training anymore when it comes to when you ring the bell. It's not spring training. You have to have your best guys out there because every single game counts from April to the last day of the season. It counts. It counts. So when you're a manager and you see these guys struggling in spring training, but you have another guy that's been hitting well, I mean, what are you going to do? Of course you're going to try to push for the guy who's doing really good because those games count. And that's what it becomes to. Uh, I'm not going to put a guy that's struggling in my lineup if I think he's going to be struggling and we need these games. I mean, I, I, I can't do it. So, you know, unless you're a superstar and you're struggling, you just let him let him work it out. But other than that, a young guy, a guy who's, you know, who struggles with stuff, I, I can't do that. It's hard, man, because I need that win today. I don't care about tomorrow. I don't care about the yesterday. I need this win today. I need to beat the Cubs today. And this is not my best lineup if this guy's struggling and I put him in because I, I like him. No, that's not how it works. Believe me, that's not how it works. Yeah, I, you know, I just I, I try to figure out what they're thinking and from their perspective. Listen, that's the other part of this game that we probably don't like as fans is there have to be, there has to be hard decisions made. There's hard decisions made every day. As we're doing the show right now, Jason Mott, I believe, has been released by the Cardinals. Um, I don't think Jason Mott has actually pitched poorly this spring training. My guess is this is a move where, I, and I saw earlier that they had informed him that he would not make the roster. This is obviously a move to allow him to go try to catch on with another team that probably needs a bull, a reliever in the bullpen. Um, yes, sir. So while it's not a – while people may think, oh, it's awful, it's not awful for Jason Mott. I'm sure he would have liked it to work out here. The truth of the matter is the guy is a baseball player and just wants to play baseball. Um, and if he doesn't get another job in the big leagues, he can always have the door open to come to AAA with us. I would That's assume so, he- yes. Um you know, but that being said, it's, it is a business, and it's a tough thing, and there's only so many spots. And to your point – you have to manage the business side along with the competitive side. There are certain decisions that are going to be made based on business, but you get down to a certain point where there are guys on a bubble, and then the, that that decision is differently. Again, 
We're not talking about a guy making $15 million a year here, folks. That guy is going to play. He's going to play. Unless, and again, we've even seen it where the guy's not, is just awful and he's going to play. That's just, I've never understood it. I've said it 100 times over. You've got a roster of 25 guys. Your salary is what it is. Play the best eight guys. I've never understood it. I'll never understand it. But it goes on everywhere. It isn't just St. Louis, guys. It's not. It goes on hey, everywhere. That, how, you, how do you how do you guys think uh, Acuna feel? What more has that kid, the third the third best uh, the third best prospect in Atlanta, right? Or uh, the number one in Atlanta, the third he's best an, in the United States? Yeah, he's a yeah he's he's unreal. Look and what he got, yeah he got sent down. How do you think that kid feels on Atlanta, which Atlanta is not a contender supposedly that even makes it worse and this kid has to go down and perform perform at a high level when he's pissed off because he made that team that team is not going anywhere Jimbo that team is not a contender that team is a is a developing team right now so why can he make it I don't understand even the manager when they interview him in a game even his manager said that I don't know why he got sent down. It could have been a, a business decision, but that kid is not going to be there long. Oh, it was business. I mean. Like It was business. Yeah, because if he stays in the minor leagues for a month or two, we had that case, and if he stays there for a month or two, folks, he doesn't go into the two-plus for the uh, arbitration. The two-plus, I don't know if you guys understand that, but he can't. You can start arbitration early instead of three years uh, waiting. If this kid stays in the big league, he can start earlier on the arbitration process. That's what they don't want. That's why they send them now. So he can spend two months over there, and then he'll be back up, and he'll be like, why can't he start in the, the beginning of the year? And everybody's questioning and scratching their head. But it's a business because they don't want him from the beginning because that'll, that'll kick the uh, the arbitration cases Two and a half instead of three. That's very simple, just like that. We had a case last year uh, here. I'm not going to say the name, but we had a case out here last year or the year before. I'm not sure. But, man, they send them down, and you're like, what? How? Why? And it was because of business. They don't want them to start with the, with the two and a half, and they want them to start with the three-year in arbitration. And that's just straight-up business. So, I mean, this is, this is – I always said it, Jimbo. You heard me all the time. This is business first, and then it's baseball. Believe me, guys, get into it because it's, it's really it. I'm guessing uh, most fans would be familiar with this name. This is exactly what happened with Chris Bryant. If everybody remembers, Chris Bryant got sent down, and yes, his agent, they, it, was, it was a big deal. Like, it, it was made a big deal. And, you know, he wanted a trade. You know, wants to play in the big leagues. You know, it's funny. We 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 as fans start talking about what's best for the player all the time. But you know what I find interesting? I heard Alex Reyes uh, in an interview yesterday. I don't think fans understand that these players do not like. We all like. I'm gonna use Carson Kelly as an example because every, the Cardinals are taking a beating right now on the handling, quote unquote, of Carson Kelly. The problem is, and, and I know what some fans are going to say, some fans are going to say, well, I really don't care what the player wants. But you have to care a little bit about what the player wants, especially if he's accomplished. But the fact of the matter is these guys don't want to be in AAA. 
They want to be in the big leagues in some capacity. Uh, Alex Reyes yesterday said it. They flat out asked him, what do you want to do? He said, whatever role they want for me as long as I'm in the big leagues. I mean, these guys all make a point to say it. They want to be here. They they, They all want to be here. There's a variety of reasons for it, folks, but they want to be here. That's okay. everybody, Jimbo. You said it. That's everybody. Everybody wants to be in the big leagues, and no matter what. Even Carson Kelly, he's not going to accept that he's going to be better in the minor league, getting 200 at-bats and getting his skills better because he's not a great bench player. He's not a great – he's not great off the bench. He's not great uh, playing one time a week, one time two weeks. No, he needs to go, but he won't understand that because he wants to be in the big leagues, right, like you just said. Uh, and Reyes the same way. These guys are better off in the minor leagues if they're not going to play in the big leagues. They need to understand that. But, but like you said, and it's very true, none of us want to be in the AAA. I don't care if I'm the backup. I'll battle my butt off. If I'm the backup, I'll be in the big leagues as a backup. I don't care, but I'll stay in the big leagues. So that's what they're thinking. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a it's just that it's so hard, man. And when you were talking about Chris Bryant, I asked a few, a few guys, even Joe Mann, and this kid asked for a trade. This kid went to the office and said, oh, you're not counting on me? I, I give you all these? I give you all these years like this, and I'm ready to play, and all you want is two months in the, big, in the minor league so you can have the arbitration case set up for you? How about me? I'm ready to go. And, and he wanted a trade. He wanted out. Uh, luckily for the Cubs, they didn't buy into it, and he he stayed, and everything worked out for them. But this could happen to us too if these kids get mad. Like let's say Bader gets sent down, knowing that he's hitting 300 in the spring, and because Munoz is a young guy, and and as Arena, they could they can handle the sent down. But Bader, he's counting on that because Grichik is gone, Piscotty's gone. He thinks he's the next man out out there. So if he gets sent down. Don't be surprised if he goes to his agent and say, hey, listen, I want to be traded, man. They're not counting on me. I mean, these kids, they're, they want to be in the big leagues, and if they feel like they belong, don't be surprised if these kids start asking for trades and stuff, man, because it, it could happen, you know? Well, again, I it's a tough thing. I, I, organizations are in a – that's why, really, at the end of the day, while they do care what's going on with their fan base, they also know that they have to make decisions that the fan base is not going to like, and it's part of the business. And we can storm around and we can say we're not going to spend money like I have. I mean, I'm part of that part of that group, too. Pout, do all this kind of stuff, talk about how stupid they are and how I know more than they do. We can all do that. Okay, we can all do that, and that's fine. You're absolutely entitled to do whatever you want as a fan with your fandom. Okay? But in the end, they have an, it's a business from top to bottom that doesn't just revolve around what you like or what you think is proper. And again, the reason I brought up Matt Carpenter today is I find him to be this like lightning rod of, of attention from Cardinal fans on both sides. I mean, I, I very rarely see an in-between thought on Matt Carpenter like a, huh? I mean, it's either a love or hate thing, and I think the love comes from people feeling they have to defend him to the people that hate him, and then they think that the people that hate him don't know what they're talking about. The people that hate him tell the people that they love him that they're blind followers. I mean, it just becomes this love-hate thing. And again, what you're not going to get around here 
is that offensively, if you're a guy like me, who like I, I feel like I'm one of the last people around that pay attention to batting average. I mean, all the analytic people, all that batting average doesn't matter, whatever. The bottom line is this. If you're one of those people that want to look at his stat line last year and say he didn't hit real well because he hit 240, you know, his power was down a little bit, whatever. Um, if you want to look at it that way, and, and his base running's awful, and dot, 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 if you want to do all that, you can. But guys that have his slash line don't grow on trees. And, no, and he's, they, really, and, he's, he's a productive guy. He had a bad half, Jimbo. We cannot judge a guy for a bad half. If we judge the guys for a bad half, guys have two bad half a year, and they steal in the big leagues. And at least Carp, you know, has give us really good years before that. And then he became a, a, a first-half struggle last year, and then he picked it up at the end, and he's doing better this spring. Come on, man. It's only one half. Let's see what this kid can do. And I'm telling you, I like the guy. It's just that the base running is not there in his head. Um, he doesn't advance bases. Um, this range is not very good. I mean, it's it's just what it is. I'm not saying anything. I'm not inventing uh, anything. It's just what you guys see and what the fans see is that. He, he doesn't have a good range. I mean, he needs to work at it, things like that. But talking about offensive numbers and stuff, he'll be there, man. He'll be there. And, we, and the Cardinals are better with him in the lineup. I bet you anything. Well, I'd sure like to see where we go from here with Cardinal fans as far as, like, you know, what happens. The bottom line is this. Production, uh, games well played, things like that, they go a long way. Um, I do think there's a faction of people that will never, never like him. They just don't like things about him. Sometimes people may not like his personality. And let's face it, not everybody likes everybody. In the end, what I want is a Cardinal team that – plays well that surprises because i know there's a lot of people that don't believe out there i'm not quite sure what i think they are i'm as you know i'm seeing a lot of i'm trying to keep it in perspective i'm seeing a lot of things in spring training that are making me go man i i like what i see on that but on the same token there's some things in spring training that i don't like what i see and i'm not you know uh, and i mentioned you something you said can i touch on that absolutely a lot of people don't care about the average Yep. Um, in the big league. Um, how can you not, though? I mean, if you're a baseball player, I played since I was five or six, and, and I never stopped until the day I retired. And all those times, the better the average, the more on base you are. And okay, on base percentage could be a walk, could be a hit by pitch. I understand that. But you're not going to get that all every freaking time. you got to get on base. you got to get base hits. you got you got to get... Uh, 300. If you hit 300, you're not gonna tell me, Jimbo, or nobody, nobody. I know you you don't, but I'm saying in general, you're not gonna tell me that a 300 hitter is the same as a 150 hitter or a 200 hitter. You know how many more times that guy's on base with a 300 average or a 280 even. You're not gonna tell me anybody out there. I don't care who you are. You could be the best guru in numbers. You're not going to tell me that that same guy that has 300 and the other guy has 200 average are the same batter in numbers. Hell no. Hell no. And that guy with 200 average is not going to help the team as much as the 300 average. You know what I'm saying? The average is very, very important because not of his numbers, because he's going to help the team more. He's going to get more RBIs. He's going to get on base more. And that's what you're really here for, winning games. 
how the heck the 200 guy is going to help you win games? I want somebody to explain to me, a 200 average guy, how is he going to help you win games? Having the same number as the 300, I'm talking about the same player. I'm talking about the same guy that gets 20 home runs, around 20 home runs, around 80 RBIs, but the average is 200, and the other guy hits 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, with a 300 average. Of course he's going to have more run score. Of course he's going to be on base more than the other guy. So you're never, never, never going to tell me as a baseball player that the 300 guy and the 200 guy is the same. Never. So the average is very, very important. Yeah. Um, I, I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter where I told them, you, you're never going to convince me that the guy that hits 250 and has a 350 on base percentage is as good as the guy that hits 300 with a 350 on base percentage. And the guy said, you do know that the on base thing. And I said, I do know. And he goes, and you do know the difference is a couple of hits per week. And I said, yeah, and I'll take those two hits yes, over the two walks. Because it could make a difference on the win. It could make a difference, Jimbo, on the win. Think about it. 300 average or 200 or 220. Who's going to be more on base? Who's going to help the team more on base or whatever it is? Uh, with the 300 or the 220 or even 250. I take the 300 because he's going to be more around. He hits the ball more. You can hit and run more. He probably hits the ball the other way because he's a 300 hitter. He's going to get guys over. He's going to help my team. He's going to help my team way much more than the 200 guy. I bet you anything. Well, that's the problem when it comes to the numbers thing is you just said a word that's hard to – it's hard to – to quantify and that's help and that's things that you do that sometimes don't show up in the there's just a lot it's a hard exactly. thing man it's a really hard thing now because everything is so like people think that it's just all numbers it's not it's but just that's why not. i always say jimbo whoever didn't play the game don't get offended this is not to offend anybody whoever didn't play the game how we did it and how it doesn't matter high school uh college um minor leagues you still play, so you should be able to understand all these, right? But the guys that never played it and don't understand what we're talking about, we are trying to let you know. We're trying to let you learn. Don't just say something out of, out of your, your mind, you know, like, like because you're thinking about it. No, no, no. We're trying to teach you how important it is, these things, so you can learn. Well, I find it interesting because I do. I find the whole analytical thing interesting because I do think, listen, I've seen it with my own eyes, the value it has in training. That I've seen. I mean, I've, I've again, my son's a part of it. I've, I've watched the big leaguers, big league guys do it over there and the way they use analytics to make themselves better from a performance standpoint. No doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. Um, but when it comes to in-game decisions and, de and decisions that are made in a split second and, you know, Certain guys are just baseball players, and they make good baseball plays. And while it may not show up in your stat, there's just there's a variety of things that heart. It's hard to measure heart. Hard to measure being a good teammate and what the effect it has on a clubhouse. Hard to hard to measure leadership. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this. There's um, no numbers for that. There's no just, numbers. We I always said it. I always said it, Jimbo, to you guys, and you guys agree. There's no numbers for heart. There's no numbers for. A pair of pairs, you know what I mean? There's no numbers when the guy, you give them the ball, 
and he's scared on the mound. Yeah, he might get the two outs or three outs, but he's scared. You you can't measure any of that. There's no numbers. Analytics is something that you have done that they project that you're going to do because of what you've done. You don't know what this kid is going to keep doing. You know what I'm saying? So, so for me, it's hard to understand the analytics. I, I'm okay with it, but when it's happened, it's happened. You don't know what the next step is. Look at last year we had a great Tommy Pham uh, in the season, great one. And this year in spring training, he have not found himself yet. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So the analytics is going to tell you that Tommy Pham is going to hit 30-30 this year because he did it. He went close to doing it, and he did it last year. But he did it. That's the perfect example. He haven't done it this year. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, analytics is something they've done, but they don't measure heart. They don't measure hustle. They don't measure when he dives on the ball. They don't measure uh, the base running, the smart base running. When have you seen that number? When have you seen that number of, of first to third and he score on the wild pitch? I mean, there's no numbers for that. There's always numbers for a hit, for la da da And I want one person in the world right now to tell me that if Mike Trout is a 250 hitter, 250, I want one guy because analytics, he's a Hall of Famer. Obviously, the home runs, the RBIs could get him there. Yeah, I get that. But 250, you think he's going to get 30 home runs? 250, you think he's going to get 100 RBIs? Um, I don't know, man. It's going to be really pushy. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's hard, man. It's hard to, it's hard to go to go like that. If you don't understand the game, uh, if you haven't played it, we're trying to teach you. We're trying to teach you from guys that have played for so long. I played 20 years in pro baseball by myself. Pro baseball, only pro baseball. And without counting from six years old when I started. So I, I, I have an idea of how this thing works. I, I might not be the perfect uh, but I'm pretty close to it. I tell you what, from watching, from learning, from experience. So, man, we're trying to teach you guys. Average, in this case, we're talking about average. It's very, very, very important because you can help out a team win games by having a good average. That's why why you think everybody wants to hit 300 because you're going to help out a team. You're going to help out. You're going to help out win games. And I'm telling you, average is very important. Well, I'm really uh, interested to see where we go from here with Cardinal fans um, and, and who they like and, and what they want to see happen. Uh, again, I wanted to bring up Matt Carpenter today. I think he's that lightning rod, and I wanted to get Benji's thoughts on it. Please, uh, when you see us post the stuff on social media, share your comments and thoughts with us as well. I expect them to be on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, we encourage it, and we want to remind you one last time that you can find us on our social media sites, at Birds on a Bat Show on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Simply type in Two Birds on a Bat, like our Facebook page. Click Invite Your Friends. We'd be happy to have them be a part of the conversations as well. And, of course, you can find us on Instagram at Two Birds on a Bat. Our website, twobirdsonabat.com. Subscribe to the podcast there. It's absolutely free. Do your shopping through Amazon there. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, and again, uh, just happy to be a part of lineupmedia.fm, fastest growing podcast company on the planet. Special thanks again to our good friends, Randy and Stephanie Green, everything they do for us from innovativecompanies.com. We highly encourage you to check out their wonderful website, innovativecompanies.com. All three arms underneath that umbrella, the construction team, heating and cooling, and of course, Innovative Electric. 35 years experience, second generation craftsman, fully licensed, bonded, insured. He's a man of his word, folks. You're going to want to get him involved in your process early. Save yourself time. 
money, energy, and effort. Let Randy take care of it. He is your guy. Again, there's something about a guy that shakes your hand and looks you in the eye and tells you he's going to do something that actually does it. That's why we appreciate Randy here at Two Birds on a Bat. Special thanks one last time to my good friend and yours, Benji Molina, for joining us on the M4Bayati.com hotline. I want to highly encourage you to check us out on all of our uh, social media partners. Uh, special thanks one last time to Nate McHenry with his RallySquirrel.com Facebook page for letting us be a part of the Rally Squirrel Club, which you can join free right now. Check them out at RallySquirrel.com. Our friend and yours, Mick Light. Uh, again, Art City Sports has done so much for Two Birds on a Bat. We appreciate everything they do for us when they share us. Uh, we reach so many people. Their wonderful Facebook page. My good friend and yours, Chris Lawless, with Cardinals Nation and Cardinals 24-7. I look forward to hearing more from Chris in the future as he has aspirations of doing his own podcast, and I think he'd be great. I want to throw a shout-out to the Team Arrivals podcast. I love what they're doing over there as well. I think it's a great concept. Make sure you check them out. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals fans unite. Cardinals freak. Everything STL Sports. Uh, thank you so much for everything you guys do for us as well. Uh, really proud to be a part of all these wonderful baseball communities. Make sure you check out the wonderful Facebook groups. It's really awesome to be a part and to talk and, and just do it. Again, uh, for Steve Flowers, Benji Molina, I'm your host, Jim Cromer. I leave you with a Let's Go Birds. Go Birds! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.